is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. We're in for a special treat tonight. A friend of mine, uh, we've been hanging out, we've been uh, spending times at camps together. Uh, when I was the National Next Gen uh, Youth Minister for the, the Foursquare denomination, I got to get connected with Daniel, got to share some notes and say, dude, what are you doing? How are you touching this generation? He's had the opportunity to speak to, teach, and disciple thousands of young people. And now he is um, serving in two roles. One role is he's serving as a campus pastor at a church called Freedom Church in Los Angeles, where he will be tomorrow morning. Is that right, Daniel? He'll be there tomorrow morning sharing the Word of God. But because we meet on Saturday nights, he can come hang out with us every now and then. He's also the uh, campus pastor at Life Pacific University. Let's hear it for Life Pacific University. For those who are, yeah, we got some students that are, that are part of that and some alumni. So he's the campus pastor there. And so he's coming to share a great word with us. Would you guys please welcome Daniel Fernandez today? Give him a big hand, would you? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. How you doing tonight? Saturday night church. Always love the Saturday night crowd. It's like the people that uh, really love Jesus, you know. And uh, also, you want to have Sunday off. So that's very smart, honestly. We, uh, when I was um, a, a pastor in Vegas, we had a Saturday night service, and it was always an interesting crowd, especially during football season. Uh, it would, like, pack out on Saturday nights, and Sundays would be empty. So, uh Praise God, man. It's so exciting to be back here with you. It's crazy. I was looking at my notes, um, and I was here with you a year ago, and about this time, actually, and I was sharing, you guys were in a series on the heart, and I got to share about the heart. It was a year ago. I cannot believe that time flies so fast, and I look so much younger one year later. It's pretty amazing, you know. I look better every year, you know. Come on, you got to believe it. You got to declare it. You know what I'm saying? The reason you, because you got to say different things, you know. But uh, also, I feel like what keeps me young, by the way, I'm going to be 32 in a few weeks, which is crazy. I know I look, again, amazing. I appreciate it. Um, But but, uh, no, I think working with young people really does does keep you young, and they uh, immediately will let you know how uncool you are. Um, and so I got to make sure I'm up with the times. But it is such an honor to be back here with your Refinery Church. I was actually just speaking at a youth event uh, at 2 o'clock in Panorama City, which is so random and took me almost two hours to drive over here. Um, but I'm so excited to be here with you and such an honor uh, to uh, stand on this stage. Thank you, Pastor Kelly. And uh, Christina is crazy. I actually work with Christina um, at Life Pacific University, and can we not just give it up to the worship team as well? They were awesome, man. So good. Couple people I know, Adrian and his lovely wife, who uh, Fran's dad has been friends with my dad for like 25 years. Just kind of crazy. So uh, it's an honor to be back. I'm excited to get to share God's word with you. And I'm I'm a preacher. Uh, you know, I just I'm not like the sit on the stool, like give you all the points kind of preacher. I'm just gonna shout a lot and hopefully encourage you um, and make you feel inspired. You're gonna leave this place. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit better, you know, already feel better because of worship, but I feel like you're going to be a little bit more fired up because, you know, Mexican salsa and I just got to, you know, just make, make you, make you a little bit more excited. Uh, you know, tough crowd. Okay. So, um, 
Proverbs 18. Let's go to Proverbs 18. And um, again, such an honor to be here with you. And um, I, I want to say that um, I never take it lightly getting to share God's word with with people. And um, this is uh, just an absolute honor and a thrill. I love Justin Stover. He's an amazing, amazing man. Do you not love him? Two people, dude. Dang, you got no love. Oh, my gosh. That is savage. Oh, my gosh. You should. Okay. I don't know what to say. Let's go to Proverbs 18. I love you, man. You know, I love you a lot. Proverbs 18. Let's just preach the word and um, we'll get you home. All right. Here we go. Proverbs 18. Let's go to verse uh, 21. It says this. If, if we could put that up. I don't know if it's up there. Uh, verse 21, it has no verses. I don't know what to do. Uh, let's do that top one there. I, I want to read it out of the NIV. That's the NLT, actually. It says, but the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want to speak tonight a very brief message, um, but I believe um, it, it, it can have, here's, here's my thing, it can have, okay, powerful implications in your life if you would choose to apply it. Um, I think every message we hear, every moment like this we experience can have the ability to change us if we allow it to transform us, Amen. And so um, I want to I want to talk to us about the power of our words, and I really believe this is going to speak to us. So can we pray and ask God to speak to us? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for these moments. Holy Spirit, would you uh, use me in these brief moments together to share your word? Um, let it let it be something that we all need to hear and apply to this season of life that we're in. God, I thank you for every family, every person, every every. Uh, from uh, young and old, God, in this room, would you speak to us? Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And, and God, we just, we just pray that the Dodgers would win the World Series this year in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you're an Angels fan, I'm sorry. That's just they're not even good. So um, Dodgers, uh, it's just Mike Trout's dope, but, uh, but the Dodgers, it's our year, people. Angels just won a few years ago. Just give us one. That's all I say. Just give us one year. You know, it's been 31 years, a 31-year drought. We need to win this year. So you all said amen. Okay, so that's what we're going to, the Lord heard you. Okay. Um, I, um, I, I just, I want to talk about um, the power of our words. Uh, I want us to consider that uh, scripture that we just read a, a few moments ago, Proverbs 18. It's amazing um, that the writer of Proverbs says that life and death, it's, it's such a dramatic scripture. Like it's so like life and death. Like that's that's crazy. Like, this is life and death. That's, it's not like, oh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a bad day. He's like, it's life and it's death. Like that is so intense. And he goes, hey, I want you to know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's like, shoot, bro, calm down. But, but I think there's a dramatic, uh, you know, sort of emphasis to it because this is something really important for all of us to consider. This idea that our words, that 
our tongue, that the declarations of our mouth actually do matter, that they have the ability to build or to destroy. Now, you and I all know we've all been in a situation where we have said something that we regret. And you're like, how could it be that a word that I have said or a statement that I have said could cause so much damage? And you could buy all the flowers. Come on, somebody. You could buy all the chocolates. You could take all the date nights. You could do all the stuff. But it almost seems like the words that you say are so powerful at times and so damaging at times. And it's so crazy because it's just a word. Sticks and stones, you know, and words will never. And it's like, no, that's not real. Words hurt. There are some people I've been, it's weird because I'm like, I call myself a retired youth pastor, you know, but like I've been working with adults now and adults are very difficult and I don't like it. I'm just going to be honest with you um, because they're very judgmental and um, they're stuck in their ways and they think that they know um, everything, um, you know, and so... Um, so it's really um, interesting working with adults now, um, especially with me because I don't look like a pastor. And so adults, you know, I, like I am an adult, but like real adults are like, well, young man, you know, are you married? You, oh, you're not married. So so you don't have the wisdom that I have as and it's like, shut up, bro. Your life is crazy. OK, you know what I'm saying? But it's like. It's like I talk to adults all the time. I've been pastoring and, and now with working with, with the, the, not the elderly, but the older folk, okay? The older folk. And I'm realizing something is that um, older people, I've been having these conversations even um, recently where there are some motivations, some things that motivate even older people where I find that, that in a conversation I had where there was a family, a father that was still at 55 years old trying to prove something to his father who had said some things when he was a teenager and his father's not even around anymore. I'm trying, and I, I was hearing it in his words. I was hearing it in his, in his, in, in, in what he was saying. He was saying it without saying it. He was saying, I'm hurt because of these words that were spoken by my father. And it's amazing to me that you can be 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, and still have words that have been spoken over you reverberate in your heart, which lets us know words are powerful, people. Words are powerful. The things we say, listen to me, parents, grandparents, people here in this room today, listen to me. The words you speak over your children are more powerful than you believe. Listen, you, I, and I, I want to say this because as a youth past, as a former youth pastor, I would always deal with young people as well. Let me give you the other perspective of young people who were so hurt by the words spoken by their parents. My parent, my dad said this, my mom said this, 13 years old, to hear from a dad that you're not going to do anything in life. You're going to be just like your mom. You're going to be just like your uncle. You're going to be just like, you're not going to college. You're not good enough. You're not good. And, and to hear those words at, a th at that age could be so damaging. Listen to me. You cannot as a parent declare where they are. You have to declare where they will be in Jesus' name. 
You can't be like, well, you made that mistake. That means you're this. No. Hey, you made a mistake, but you're still my son. You're still my daughter. God's call is is still on your life. You're going to do amazing things for the Lord. This doesn't change who you are in my eyes. God has a plan for you. But no, we make the mistake oftentimes of speaking to them where they are and not who they will be. They're not their mistakes. And guess what? You're not your mistakes either. Our words are powerful. Words are powerful. The words that we believe, the lies that we believe are powerful. The things you believe about yourself, the things you believe about who God is, the things you believe about people around you, it's it's powerful. You know, Jesus actually says to the to the religious people, to the, to the uh, Sadducees and, and the Pharisees, you know, he says to them, he goes, hey guys, he goes, from the abundance of the heart, watch this, the mouth speaks. So that gives us even more insight into this. Not only are words powerful, life and death is in the power of the tongue, but from the heart, the mouth speaks, speaks which is to say that essentially what you say is indicative of what you believe. It's indicative of what is in your heart. And that's why it is so important to watch the things that we say because it's essentially letting us know this is what I believe. So we've got to... We've got to analyze ourselves and say, if if negative things are coming out of my mouth, then that means there are some belief systems that I've been believing about myself, about God, about people that are not right. They're not Bible-based. They're not a reality, and they're not truth. I am simply speaking things out of emotion, out of fear, out of insecurity. And listen to me, it can be very damaging to people, and it can be very damaging to yourself. It could be so damaging. We begin to say things and we begin to believe the things that we say. What are the words that you're declaring today? Oh, you hear it all the time. Well, you know, it's the fall now. It's autumn. Autumn's here. You know, it's just going to be, it's going to be just like last year. Last year was crazy, you know, around this time things started happening and autumn just seems to always be the same thing every year. And it's like, well, well, yeah, because that's what you're declaring. Well, you know, kids are, kids are just doing their thing. Kids are going to be kids, you know. <laughs> kids are going to be kids. No, your kids are going to be kids. My kids are going to be Jesus followers. Well, you know, you just got to, oh, you know, pastor, I just call it like I see it. Well, that's your problem. I just, I'm, I'm a realist. And so I just, if I'm, I just, if I call it as I see it. You know, it's, it is what it is. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. It is what it is. Is that the life that you want to live? Well, it is what it is. Well, if that's the, it is what it is kind of life you want to live, guess what? It's going to continue to be what you say it is. <laughs> but we actually have an advantage of, um, the Bible. And of the Holy Spirit, 
that gives us a supernatural ability. I feel like preaching this to somebody today that gives us the ability to stand in the authority of God's word and not in the quote unquote facts of what you see in front of you. You see, and it's not denying the facts. It's standing in faith. I'm not those like name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you know, like Christians where it's like, well, I declare that they're healed. And so don't take any medicine. No, that's dumb. My dad had cancer two years ago, and it would have been so foolish to have been like, well, you know, we believe that he's healed and he's not going to go to any radiation treatment. No, that's not wisdom. We see the problem, we see the issue, we see what's happening, but we speak to it in faith. If you see the mountain, Jesus said, speak to the mountain, he said, and say, go from here to there. You have authority that oftentimes you're not using, and you're just saying, well, it is what it is, and I'm just going to go ahead and accept this depression, and I'm going to go ahead and accept this anxiety, and I'm going to go ahead and accept that my kids are not walking with the Lord, and I'm going to go ahead and accept this sickness. No, we take authority in the name of Jesus. My kids will know the Lord. I will, I will, I will stand in prosperity in my life. I will see the purposes and plans of God fulfilled in my life. The de- my greatest days aren't behind me. My greatest days are before me. You got to declare by faith. Listen to me. Notice what Proverbs says. If you love it, you will see its fruit. You are living the fruit of what you declare. You better start changing your declarations. Better yet, you better start changing your belief. Our God is big. Come on. Our God is big. He opens the Red Sea. He shuts the mouths of lions. He's a miracle working God. Well, you know, I just don't really see how this is all going to work out. Well, listen to me. You've got to see the way God sees it. There is nothing impossible for my God. He can do it. You can't, but he can. I'm sorry, but are we living a Christianity that is, that is controllable in your mind and in your ability? No, we're living a belief in Jesus saying, God, you are in control. Even if I cannot see it, I'm going to declare it by faith in Jesus' name. There's something about the words you declare. My friend last year that died of cancer, even to the very end, saying, I know I'm dying, and I believe that God can heal me, but I'm still believing that God is good, and he has the ability to heal me, but even if he doesn't, I still believe that he's good. Where's that kind of faith today? Where's that kind of belief today? Where's that kind of strong, mature faith in Jesus that's not outcome-based Christianity? Well, if, if it works out, then I'll really know that God, no, even if it doesn't, God is still with me. I want you to know, devil, even if this doesn't happen, even if something doesn't go through, even if my expectations are not met, guess what? God is still good and you do not win. I will continue to stand and I will continue to declare that God is good. That is faith declaration. 
We've got to begin to change what we say. we got to speak life into our future, life into your day. David said, and Pastor Kelly talked about it. There's another scripture where David, it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. No, 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 no. We're going to silence that voice. We can do this. We can do this. I'm not alone. God is for me. There was a pastor last week, about a week and a half ago, who took his own life. Another pastor. And I'm amazed at this because a pastor that was very well known and, 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 and did so much for the community and, and did so much for people could get to a place where he actually felt like this was the only way. And I'm not discounting, listen to me, the, the, the chemical imbalances. I'm not discounting the mental illness factor of it. But we also have to understand we live in a, in a spiritual battle today. And there are spiritual things. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers and authorities. And so we've got to learn in these moments, there are things that you have just taken and you have chalked it up as this is just the way it is. And I want to speak to that lie that your life could be better. Your life is uh, is supposed to be abundant. Your life is supposed to be a life full of purpose and life and hope and glory to glory to glory. Not, oh man, oh man, oh man, this sucks. This got worse and worse. No, I go from glory to glory to glory. You have that ability but I'm telling you church it starts with the things that we begin to declare over ourselves and over our season I believe today you're gonna have the the greatest ending of the year you may have started the year and it, it it's been a struggle it's been hard but I believe you're gonna end this year better than you started I declare over you in the name of Jesus that you're gonna end this year better than you started I declare over you in the name of Jesus that you will have pr- financial provision over your life in the name of Jesus I declare there's healing over over you. I declare there's hope in your heart. I declare that your greatest days are ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Well, well, what if when I leave, you know, I still check my bank account and it's the same. (laughs) I declare it in the name of Jesus. I see what it is, but I choose to magnify something else. See, it's all in what you're magnifying. I want to I show you this story. This is crazy. I feel like preaching, by the way, today, okay? Like, you just, look, you could sit there. I'm enjoying myself, okay? Numbers. I want to read this, and I'm done, and I'm going to pray for you. Numbers chapter 13. Now, this is the story of when, so Moses, and I'm not trying to insult your, your biblical intelligence. You're like, pastor, I know that. Okay, we get it. You're smart and you're theologically sound and you're an amazing Christian. But for all the other people who struggle and we don't know a lot, let me just kind of summarize it for you, okay? So Moses was delivering the people of Israel by the power of God, 10 plagues. You remember Prince of Egypt? Okay, that was the whole thing. So they get delivered out of Egypt. They literally see like the the ocean part they walk through their enemies destroyed in a moment and they are now free liberated after 400 plus years in captivity and in slavery to the egyptians and now 
they're on their way to what God promised them would be, watch this, their promised land. We all have a promised land, don't we? We all have whatever that promised land is for you. Israel had a promised land that God said, it's a land, watch this, flowing of milk and honey. It's the land that I have given your ancestors, and now you will go and you will take possession of it. But before they're getting there, Moses sends 12 spies to go and spy out the land. And this story is the story of the spies now returning. And now this is the scene, okay? This is the scene right here. I know we're in like the L.A. O.C. area. This is the scene. Okay, quiet on the set. This is what's going on. You've got Moses, you've got Aaron, Caleb, and the 12 spies, and a million people of Israel. So that's the scene, and this is what happens. But the men who had gone up said, oh, wait, can we go to, oh, shoot, let me go. Uh, Can we go to verse 26, if possible? It says this. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh and the desert of Paran. Watch this. It goes, they showed them the fruit of the land. This is, this is, this is fascinating. They said, here it is. Here's the fruit of the land. They gave to Moses this account, the 12 spies. We went into the land to which you sent us. And look, it does flow with milk and honey. And here is its fruit. They're showing the people. You know what they're saying? What God promised is true. Woo! I mean, you could hear the crowds being like, "Ah, ah." they're showing off the fruit. They're like, yeah, it does flow. There's an exclamation point. They shouted, it does flow with milk and honey. Ah, Here's the fruit. They should have stopped there, like a lot of us should stop when we see the fruit, when we see God's promise. But, but, but watch this, watch this. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. That's how they said it, exactly like that. My favorite part in this whole thing, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. You know what I feel like today? A Holy Spirit, Caleb, silencing, anointing on you. Because essentially it's the nice way of saying, Caleb said, shut your mouth. He silenced them. What did he silence? Their disbelief. Guys, are you kidding me? You just said in one breath, you said, it does flow with milk and honey. Look at the, I'm holding the fruit, but we can't really do it. (laughs) You know, it's just too big. As they're holding the fruit, they're declaring doubt and fear. And Caleb goes, 
shut up. Sometimes you just need to tell yourself, you need to shut up. You need to look in that mirror and be like, Dan, shut up. I silence that voice. My Bible says that we take every thought and make it captive and make it obedient to Christ. You don't have to go along with every fleeting thought. No, I take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's the problem. Well, I'm just letting my mind wander. How's that working out? Just, why? Well, I just kind of say what I think. My gosh, you need help. Caleb's like, are you? He's looking. It's a million people. It's the 12 spies holding the fruit, saying, it is true, but we can't do it. Look what Caleb says. He silenced them before Moses, and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. He said, I'm not even going to address it. Let's just, let's go now. And in and, and the next verse, he says, for we can certainly do it. Listen to me. I want to be a Caleb to this church today. I want to be a Caleb to your family today. I want to be a Caleb in your workplace today. I want to be a Caleb for your marriage today. And to say, you know what? Silence those voices of disbelief and let's do it. You can do it. Come on, let's go. We've got work to do. The fact is, the fact is this. The 12 spies were actually telling the truth. They were actually, actually giving facts. There were giants in the land. There were other nations in the land. But watch what Caleb chose to do was magnify the reality of the power of God. I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But listen, let's go. We can do this. Where's that kind of faith in your life today? My question to us today is, is because we find one experience, two perspectives. One experience, two perspectives. Which one are you today? Are you the, well, you know, they, they were, it's, a, it's, it's too big. I don't really think, you know, I have to really analyze this and really just go ahead and run it, run the numbers. You know, I got to run the numbers. You know, you got to just run the numbers. And once you run the numbers, and it's like, shut up, man. Let's go. We got work to do. There's a future. There's a hope. God has a plan. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, the scripture goes on. It says, but the men, uh, the men had gone up and said, we can't attack these people. Look at this. Right after Caleb had said, let's go. We can do this again. The men, well, we can't attack these people. They're, they're stronger than we are. Notice the declaration. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. You know that it's because of this that Israel didn't enter in to the promised land? What promised land is being held up because of the words you're declaring right now? I'm telling you, church, I've been so challenged in my own faith to not be one of those, I, I, I just call it like I see it. No, I don't call it like I see it. I declare by faith what the Word of God says. 
I speak faith into my situation. You know, it says all the people we saw are great of size. We saw the Nephilim there. And it goes, well, look, at this is, this, this is probably the saddest part. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They were people. But we, we just felt really small. The declarations that we say are based on the, on the things that we believe. They actually believed we're like little grasshoppers. And that's how they saw us, too. And they're so much stronger. And it's fortified cities. So which one are you today, church? Are you going to call it like you see it? I'm just a factual person. Just going to, it is what it is, pastor. Are you going to say, I see it? I see the problem? We can do this. You can look around at the church and go, well, you know, well, this has happened and this has happened and everybody, listen to me, you're never going to find a perfect church. You want to know why? The moment you find a perfect church, it just became imperfect because you got there. I'm amazed at how people are so easily uprooted. I, 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 would, I, would, I, would, <laughs> I would propose to you today that God doesn't change his mind as often as you think he does. Well, you know, God's called me here. God called me here. All of a sudden, God called me somewhere else. All right. I, I just, I think, I think it's Christians, that's where I think Christians get really funny to me. I'm like, dude, why don't you just say, I really feel like I'm supposed to be here instead of putting God in it, so that afterward you don't have to put God on that as well. How about just like, I really feel good here, I'm praying on it. Or like when you really feel God speak to you, how about you honor that and you say, God's called me here. I'm going to plant and be rooted in the local church and build what God has called me to build here instead of every six months reevaluating and saying that God called you somewhere else just because you feel uncomfortable and just because your gifts weren't used and just because you feel offended because someone took your seat on that particular Saturday night and just because, you know, you weren't, you didn't like that message that week and just because they didn't do the songs that you wanted and just because you wanted to do a ministry and they said no and you can't handle a no because you're not submitted to authority and you just want to do your own thing and you're not submitted anywhere and so you only last as long as you can, as your threshold of submission to authority, but you've never really submitted to anyone and so you're just going from this church to that church to that church to that church and listen to me this is a great church be planted let God use you yeah I said it I'm just I'm so I'm so tired of of us as Christians as Christians as Christians Christ followers Continuing to call it like we see it. No. I'm going to call it like I believe it. I'm going to declare God's word over this situation. Is there anybody in this place that says, I want to I wanna step into a realm from immature faith to mature faith? That's where it really gets, it gets difficult, but it gets so fulfilling. Is when you're no longer basing this on your emotions or your circumstances, but you begin to tap into a new realm of faith where you go, no matter what happens, I'm going to declare by faith. I end with this. 
I end with this. Joel chapter 3, verse 12. It says, let the weak, watch this, say, I am strong. If you're weak, say, I am strong. If you don't have money in your bank account, God, I thank you. I am wealthy. You are my provider. If you're having marriage problems, God, you are the restorer of relationships. We don't declare what we see. We don't declare what's going on. God, we declare by faith what will be in the name of Jesus. You want to tap into a new realm of maturity? Begin to declare what God's word says. And it's so hard, church. It was so hard. I'm not standing up here telling you something I haven't experienced or aren't experiencing in my own life, but it was so hard to tell other people, come on, believe that God's a healer. And then my dad has cancer, and all of a sudden it's like, well, is God really a healer? All of a sudden, I have to begin to see the images on the screen, right? The x-ray images of cancer in my father's body. And I see what it is, but watch, I declare by faith what will be in Jesus' name. So which one are you today? It's a lot easier to be the negative person um, because, and also negativity, uh, it spreads very fast. By, because of 12 people, a million people were discouraged. Imagine what 12 people in this church could do who had words of faith to declare over the church, over the pastors, over your season, over your family, over your kids, over your work. Well, work's just going to be work. Well, yeah, because that's what you're saying. What if you begin to declare, God, I thank you. I'm on assignment at work. God, I thank you that, Lord, you're sending me as a missionary, that my mission field is my work, and you're using me. Set up opportunities. to See, that it's all about perspective. Which one are you? Well, we see the giants, and we see that we're weak, and we really, you know, it's, I got to crunch the numbers again, you know. And, or is it, hey, let's go. We can do this. So which one are you today? Would you pray with me, Jesus? I declare, and if maybe I could get some keys, that'd be awesome, or it's all good. If not, no worries. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today, and um, first, first uh, group of people I want to pray for is if you're here and you've never uh, known Jesus, maybe you used to walk with the Lord, but you've walked away, but today... Uh, is your day to rededicate your life to Jesus. Maybe, like I said, for the first time, or to rededicate your life to the Lord. Um, this, isn't, this isn't about uh, joining a church, although Jesus has declared that he will build his church, and we love what the local church is, that we actually believe the local church is the hope of the world. It's us. Church is not a building. Church is you and I, Ecclesia, the called out ones of God. And we so believe that Jesus paid a price on the cross to give us not just a, a, a pathway to heaven, a ticket to heaven, but he died to give us a purpose on earth. And God has a plan for you. You're not alone. He sees you even in the darkest, most difficult, painful moments God has promised that he's with you.
and he will never forsake you. You're in this place, and you would say, I need Jesus, man. I need to make him the Lord and Savior for my life. It could be one, it could be none, but you say, that's me all over the room. When I count to three, I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want to pray with you. No one else is looking around, just me. I want to pray with you. Say, I need Jesus, man. I want to play these games. I've done life my way. I want to do it God's way. I want to do it God's way. One, you say, that's me. When I count to three, just put your hand on your heart. Two, three, say, that's me all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Jesus, I pray for every every person in this place who is declaring that you're their Lord and Savior. That Jesus, right now, we acknowledge that we can't do this on our own, and we need you. We need your grace. We need your salvation. We can't save ourselves. That's the whole point of having a Savior. And when you said on the cross, it's finished, it was actually finished. And there's nothing more that we can add to it. We simply receive the free gift of salvation. So tonight, we receive the free gift of salvation. Give us a new life, a new heart with new and right desires, as your word says. We thank you that from this day forward, we're yours. Do what only you can do. Change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at wearerefinery.com give.